Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. During the month of March, we recognize Women's History Month, which was officially created by Congress in 1987. March is certainly an appropriate month to recognize the important role of women because the month has some significant dates which increase the awareness of the accomplishments of women throughout our history. For example, the International Women's Day is March 8th, the Women's Suffrage Parade occurred on March 13th, and the Equal Rights Amendment was passed March 22nd. The impact women have had on our society is immeasurable. To continue inspiring girls to be leaders of tomorrow, today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast features the Girls Empowerment Network. Through a variety of services, this agency assists girls to realize they are powerful and there is nothing they can't accomplish. To speak on today's topic is my guest, Cameron Poulard-Sampson. Cameron began working with the Girls Empowerment Network a little over three years ago. However, her involvement regarding women's issues began during her collegiate undergraduate years when she was a volunteer hotline advocate for STAR, stands for Sexual Trauma Awareness and Response. Cameron also was an executive board member for the Minority Women's Movement, a group that advocates and provides female students from minority communities with networking, mentoring, community service, and overall fellowship experiences on the Louisiana State University campus. After graduation, Cameron continued to be a role model and advocate for girls in the Houston area. So it is my pleasure to have Cameron Poulard Sampson on today's episode of the Making After School Cool podcast. Cameron, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm happy to be here. Well, again, we appreciate you taking some time and discussing some of the issues and some of the work that you and your agency are doing. March is Women's History Month, and based on your past achievements, you've certainly been an advocate for women. What originally inspired you to be so involved with women issues? It started at a very, very young age. Um, I had a mother who grew up around all brothers and a very misogynistic dad that um, in her mind, she wanted to make sure that her daughters didn't have that similar experience and that they knew their power and knew that they were leaders and could do anything that was possible. And so she got me enrolled in different programs like Girl Scouts growing up and I feel like the thing that really stuck though was, like you mentioned during my undergraduate experience, I attended Louisiana State University, the one and only LSU. Um, proud alumni, but also not so proud of some of the experiences that women have there. And I remember trying to find my group of people because um, it was not only my first time being in such a large atmosphere, LSU is huge. It, if you don't know, LSU is huge, y'all. Um, and not only was I just a new freshman, but I was a young woman. I was a black woman on campus and just trying to find your space there at a predominantly white institution. And I found the minority women's movement and just found a sisterhood of women who wanted to be game changers in the world and many different avenues. I, I look at my social media and we're all involved in so many different things. We've got folks like myself that are social workers. We've got folks that are lawyers, doctors. Um, 
so many different roles. And um, it was in that space where I realized that I wasn't alone in my experiences and I was connected to many different resources in Baton Rouge that just grew my love for service and grew my love for advocacy and yeah, got me to Girls Empowerment Network some kind of way. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was a very powerful uh, experience. Yeah. For our listeners who are not familiar with the Girls Empowerment Network, can you provide a short history of the organization and some of the things you guys do? Yes, definitely. So Girls Empowerment Network started in 1996. So we are about 26 years old now. Um, and it started in Austin, Texas with a group of mothers that were reading. Uh, it was a book club, essentially. And they were reading the book Reviving Ophelia by Dr. Mary Pfeiffer. I don't know if anyone's gotten the chance to read it, but the book is about the systematical decline of self-esteem in adolescent girls. And this group of mothers all had teenage girls and were just baffled by the experiences that girls went through. They knew their own experiences, but to see data and just clear information about it, it was just wild to them. And so they wanted to start something that it would no longer be something that affected their daughters nor anyone's daughters. And so it started off as called the Ophelia Project and it expanded and changed names. And um, at one point our programs were delivered by high school students who had been involved in the program, but now our programs are delivered by folks that have backgrounds in youth development, social work, education, things like that. And we've expanded from not just being in Austin, Texas, but I mean, I'm all the way over here in Houston. And in Austin, they've gone from the greater Austin region to much larger, now calling it Central Texas. And we have services in San Antonio as well and Dallas. And so really a statewide organization now since we started with that group of moms. And so we have a bunch of different services that primarily are for girls third through 12th grade, but we also service the adults that care about them. And so those are things like some guardians that might be faculty and staff on a school campus. It might be a corporate group that wants to donate to Girls Empowerment Network, but really wants to better understand the issues that girls today are going through. Or what we've done in the past is our We Are Girls conference. And so this conference takes place in Austin, Houston, and Dallas. And this is an opportunity for very, very large groups of people, girls, and the adults that care about them to just have a day full of girl power, full of advocacy. And um, the girls really get the opportunity to choose their day. So if they're a girl that's interested in leadership or robotics or flag football, we've had people do flag football workshops with the girls. They have those opportunities. And in Austin, we had typically 2,000 folks that would show up. And then in Houston, about 1,600. Those were our two biggest conferences. And in Houston, normally that conference takes place in April. Um, but I'm sure we all remember what April of 2020 looked like. That was right when COVID had really got a hold on the world. And we all had to be siloed and working from home and just trying to figure out what to do with this once in a lifetime virus. It just spreads from being around close contact to people. We put a hold on it, but we've had so, so many schools, so many girls that are just like, well, can we have something different that still gives you like a larger group experience, but not that big. And so what we're doing right now is called We Are Girls on the Road. 
And essentially, it's taking that same energy, that same excitement that you would have at a We Are Girls conference, but in a smaller setting at individual school campuses. And so we are going to be in Austin, Dallas, and Houston with these assemblies, essentially. And so in Houston, the two campuses we have confirmed, and this is taking place in April, that's why I'm starting with this one. The two campuses we have confirmed are the Young Women's College Preparatory Academy, as well as Moreno Elementary School. And there's a few others that we're just getting some details together for that. And the plan is to serve up to almost 400 girls. In Houston, it's looking like more 300. Um, and then in Austin, about seven different campuses and just the last two weeks of April are gonna be solely dedicated to building girls' self-efficacy in these areas. And our root is around self-efficacy versus self-esteem. And so if you know about self-esteem, you know that's your internal belief in who you are. But I don't know about you, Mug, but my self-esteem is always different depending on the day, depending who's talking to me, depending on literally the side of the bed I wake up on. There's so many factors that affect that. And what we've noticed about our work and with working with youth is that youth have very little control over the things that are gonna affect them that day. And so to try to focus on self-esteem is hard because it's just always changing. And so self-efficacy is your belief in your abilities. What can you do? What do you know you have the power to do? And so self-efficacy is also a protective factor against PTSD. And what we've known is that girls, since the COVID-19 pandemic has really had a grapple on our world, girls are showing up more in ERs for suicidal ideation, um, dealing with things like PTSD. And so this is our response to fighting that, but also taking control, you know, back from COVID, taking those opportunities for large group connections. And so modules that have been identified by school champions, that's what we call our school contacts, are healthy friendship, stress management, and self-compassion are the things that youth are really needing right now. And so those are the modules we're going to cover in these larger assemblies. So big mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job explaining. Sounds like you're very, very busy. Um, let me ask you, uh, why do you think it's important to work with girls early? Uh, I know y'all start working with girls in the third grade and you continue to provide services up until their 12th grade. Why do you think that's the pivotal age to start working with girls? Well, when you think about third grade and working with youth, that is the age that things just start to stick. That's when you start to really realize your place in the world. Not even just girls, but people of different identities. That That's when they know like, okay, my experience is a little different than such and such is. And um, what we also know is that third grade in the school setting is when they're starting to take those really higher level exams. And there's a lot more structure. There's a big change from K through second into third through fifth grade. And so we know that that is a pivotal age that girls need to start receiving those individualized services because there's so much changing in their world at that time. Now, are the services that Girls Empowerment Network provide or they're hosted on the school campus? You did mention some assemblies. You also mentioned a large conference. Uh, so is mm -hmm. it on the school campus, community youth serving organizations, or is it small groups similar to like the Girl Scouts? All of it. Our most popular school-based program is Girl Connect, and these are weekly groups that meet for 
meet between eight to 14 weeks with a minimum of 10 and a max of about 20 to 30 girls. And they are led by our girl experts, those same folks that I mentioned that have those backgrounds in like social work, youth development, education, and really know how to take our curriculum around self-efficacy and really adapt it to the group of girls that they'll have. And so that happens at individual school campuses. It can also happen at different youth serving organizations or community centers. And then the structure that's a little different from Girl Scouts is that Girl Scouts is mainly community-led. People in the community step up to take the girls to different programs and such and such. Um, whereas Girls Empowerment Network is more that program. And so we have girls that sign up the same way you would for Girl Scouts or Girls on the Run or Girls Inc, things like that. But it's more led by the organization itself that has community members. Now, you mentioned earlier the COVID pandemic and how that changed the service delivery. I mean, I think it changed the service delivery and the normality for most people, uh, actually the last couple of years, and I guess we're still somewhat adjusting a little bit. How did the pandemic uh, change your service delivery and were you able to stay in touch with the girls that you normally work with? Yeah, I mean, it changed it drastically. We had a very hard time, just like everybody else, just trying to figure out what is the safe way and most effective way to meet girls where they are at. And the way we identified it was through our spark kits. And so what a spark kit is, is essentially about the size of a shoebox and it's decorated very beautifully and magically. And inside it, they get this activity journal. And um, it has 25 plus self-guided activities in there, as well as the materials to navigate through those activities. And then they have access to virtual engagements we'd have. So we have a connect line that girls can call as more of a warm line than a hotline to get either support through their spark kit or individual support throughout their day, virtual um, workshops that they could access. And to our excitement, girls really were accessing that resource at a high rate um, when COVID first hit. They just, they really wanted that connection so badly, just like so many of us do. And so since then, Spark Kids have kind of changed a little bit to match the needs of the girls. And so instead of it, I mean, we still have our virtual workshops that girls can access, but Spark Kids are more heavily used in our Girl Connect programs now as a way to continue to incentivize girls to come, to tell other girls about the program that maybe can't be in Girl Connect because the group is full, but still want that individual resource to have access to them. If there's a campus we can't serve with Girl Connect, we can serve them through Spark Kits. That is how we adapted and we were able to stay connected with so many girls and what's so beautiful about things i'm like crossing my fingers and sending good vibes that things continue to stay well and with covid is that um, those girls that maybe we didn't have access to because you know access to technology not everybody has that we're seeing them in person again and so it's like we're getting the best of both worlds right now which is awesome now, I like the fact you mentioned earlier that you also work with parents as well as school faculty. So that way you're um, hitting all adults that interact with kids. Can you mention some of the services that you provide for uh, parents as well as school faculty members? Definitely. So we provide for parents and guardians a family workshops 
And so these workshops are designed to mimic the curriculum we go through with girls and things like Girl Connect or We Are Girls on the Road, um, Pathfinder. I'll tell you about Pathfinder soon because that's a program in Houston coming up. But instead of looking at it through a youth's perspective, it's from the adult's perspective. And so it is not only educating the parent or guardian about the things that their youth are going through. And I say youth instead of girls because I'll have parents sometimes show up that say, well, I don't have a daughter, so why am I here? This is the Girls Empowerment Network. And what I always tell them is that I am a girl expert, so anything you ask me specifically about girls, I know a ton. Um, but the topic and information that you're getting today applies to any person. Boy, girl, non-binary, anything. Kids in general, this is what they're going through. And then it also gives them tips and tricks on working with youth and talking about these things in their homes and things that they can do um, to continue to support their youth through that faculty and staff, we provide professional development workshops. And so some of the curriculum for that is similar to what we work on with girls. So talking about things like having a growth mindset, goal setting, those things are the same, but the professional development trainings are really tailored more to the experience of um, faculty and staff at a school. And so some of the workshop topics that are different are like talking about gender with your students, identity, the most recent one that got at it was uh, the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and how to support your youth. Things like that, that really not only take the experience of like girls and youth that we have, but partnering it with the skills that they need to continue to do their jobs as well as they've been doing it. And they're wonderful. I love those uh, professional development workshops. Now, let me ask you, because uh, I have actually two teenage daughters. And yeah. they're, they're, they're interesting, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> but um, I live in Baytown, so for adults or people who interact with kids that may not be at a place where you provide services, are there some online resources or things that um, they can get as well? Definitely. Um, we have those same virtual engagements that I was talking about with the girls for our families. They're not as often as the virtual engagements with girls because we just know folks are busy. People have to go to work and take care of their families. And so those aren't readily available as much as the uh, ones for girls. But we also provide training like i mentioned those same trainings we could do with corporate partners we can go out to a site so if there's a site that isn't in our service region but wants these services we can go meet them and so you're in baytown so your closest service provider would be us in houston and so if there was a school campus that needed that resource we could go there as well now how can people volunteer or be involved with your program yes oh my gosh there's so many different ways there, if you are interested in uh, in-person work with youth and being really involved in that way, we take volunteers for our Girl Connect program in schools. And so that is available. You literally just go to our website and you essentially apply and you go through intensive training. It's about a you know, full one day training. And then you get placed at a school that matches your schedule and you work with the facilitator there with the girls to support them. If that doesn't match your availability, we have more individual volunteer opportunities available. So for We Are Girls on the Road, we are needing some affirmation bookmarks to continue to inspire the girls. And so essentially creating a bookmark that says something powerful about the girl. We are taking those right now for We Are Girls on the Road. We do relatable role model letters. 
in our spark kits. And so essentially you would write a letter to a girl, could be any girl. Um, you could be writing it to yourself for all you want. And it's just something inspiring and encouraging that when a girl opens their spark kit, that's the first thing that they see. And it can be from anybody anywhere in the world. And to them, that is so cool, seeing that somebody somewhere else is thinking about them. As well as we have on our YouTube channel something called Day in the Life. And you can sign up to create a Day in the Life video. And so I've seen Day in the Life videos for content creators, for writers, for firefighters, anything that you want to expose a girl to a different career that maybe you can't get the chance to do in person, you can sign up to do that as well. So got quite a few things. Sound um, like it sound like you have quite a few opportunities for people to, to volunteer or at least participate in some of the activities yeah. and programs you guys offer. Before we close, do you have any final comments? Yes. Um, registration is opening for our Pathfinder Leadership Summit here in Houston. That is our summer program for high school girls. So girls entering ninth through 12th grade in the 2022 to 2023 school year. And at this program, girls get the hard and soft skills of college and career readiness. And um, it's going to be a Young Women's College Preparatory Academy June 27th through July 1st. The applications are open on our website. We're not going to officially, officially pub for it. I guess I'm doing it right now <laughs> until April 1st, but um, it's open and we're taking girls. So if a girl is listening to this or a parent is listening to this and want to get their girls involved, just visit our website and go to the Pathfinder Leadership Summit tab and it'll have more information there. That uh, sounds great. Uh, I really appreciate the work that you're doing as well as your agency. And thanks so much for being my guest on this episode of the Making Our School Cool podcast. Awesome. No problem. Thank you for having me. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on the Girls Empowerment Network, inspiring girls to be leaders of tomorrow. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field. 